is the fan. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Shall we begin? Oh well. I knew we was gonna beat them clowns. You're breaking up, Bob. You're breaking up. Hashtag Faith Radio. PA and Charge. Football Feast. Hey, get out of there! Vikings. Sorry, Bob. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. Let's go. Good morning. Amen, brother! Third and goal from the 12. Nice pocket. Fires! With a 12-yard touchdown, and the Minnesota Vikings right first. Madison sprints out right, Cousins with a fade into single, coverage left side, and it is caught! Yes, it is! K.J. Osborne involved in three consecutive plays, an acrobatic 19-yard grab, first and 10 Vikings from the Brownies 41. Mayfield, shotgun, fourth down, looks to the end zone, he's all fidgety, has no idea what to do, flag on the play, throws incomplete! Yes, Vikings defense, great job! Pending infraction. Ah, uh, they're going to have a holding call against the Vikings defense, it came from the back judge. Holding, defense number 54. Ball replaced half the distance to the goal, automatic, first down. The Browns, third and goal from the one, 18th play of this possession. High formation behind Baker, who's under center. Snap, Hunt, end zone, 7-6 Vikings. Kareem Hunt with his third rushing touchdown this season. And the Cleveland Browns with an 18-play possession, finally score. Three receivers left, two right, final play of the game. Trailing 14-7, Cousins takes the snap. He'll float out to the left. He'll throw to the end zone! Incomplete, in fact, uh, intercepted, perhaps, by John Johnson. That is the end of the game. Well, looky here, ladies and gentlemen. Monticello continues to rule the mother-bleeping roost when it comes to the Friday football feast! Monticello, you're unbelievable. Good Lord. Thank you very much for coming out today. A massive crowd at Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello, as it is every single year. That's not the case early in the seasons when 9 to noon does Friday football feasts. However, specifically when you're 1-3, and three, but Monticello, can you just make a ton of noise right now because you're all so beautiful for spending your Friday with, with FM 100.3 KFAN. 
Man, this uh, this is terrific. How about that? Yeah, this is yeah. beautiful. It's great to uh, great to be up here. We love uh, we love coming up here all the time. And this beautiful crowd and uh, all of this hashtag faith in front of us now, and yeah. all of this it's... positivity and and looking past a one and three to a slump buster, uh, which happens to be at U.S. Bank Stadium this Sunday at noon. It it has helped me overcome the. Man, I I didn't do any road related research on my way here, but that uh, that that little ninety four road construction thing. Yeah, that's legit. By uh, by, little, Maple, uh, by Maple Grove up through Albertville. Hey, next time remind me to leave at five thirty in the morning, okay? Yeah. Because I mean, if somebody has the audacity to like have a fender bender, I mean that feels like ninety minutes to go to, oh, yeah. to go to, uh, two yeah. miles. But uh, hey. From guillotineleague.com, ladies and gentlemen, 11-year co-host of the Friday Football Feast, deeply rooted in the multiple-decade friendship covenant, uh, my dear friend, Paul Charchian. Uh, thank you. Welcome. Very nice. Thank you very much. I'm Paul Allen, host of 9 to Noon. Jared Wells, the technical guidance. Those of you who listen to the Friday Football Feast, you know what he does. Uh, he wrote the awful, excuse me, he wrote the song Mbop for Hanson. Um, he's living off that, simply doing the technical guidance for the feast and the Vikings Radio Network, home and away, uh, kind of as pleasure and kind of as a hobby. He was a bass player for the Allman Brothers. He traveled with the Statler Brothers. He's very good friends with uh, Marshall Tucker from the Marshall Tucker Band. He heard it in a love song. He wrote part of that. And uh, once again, Jared Wells, ladies and gentlemen, just so, so delighted. And Medina Ballroom tonight, right? And uh, privileged yeah. to have him by our side. He's performing at Medina Ballroom this evening. It That's goes, right. it goes, um, mad producer with his rap on the show, into Cool Modi, into Big Daddy Kane, <laughs> into Hanson, into the Marshall Tucker Band, then the Allman Brothers, featuring Jared Wells, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a witness? A raucous round of applause up in this thing. I think on any given night, the Little River Band has a 50-50% chance of playing the Medina Ballroom. Yeah, this would be Fila, Fairness and Little River Band Act. I have seen Little, Little River you? Band twice at Medina Ballroom. I'm not surprised. I'm not yes. at all surprised. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have. No, no, no. I saw Little River Band there once as we went to reminiscing. Yeah. What I'm mixing it up with is America, which I've uh, seen. There, that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like I was right up in my man's mixture. Tin Man, because, <laughs> uh, because uh, they're just there all the time, you know. And uh, and and Hagen, time for two more. I think he's gotten me to the Queen cover bit. Yes, <laughs> that's there. I mean, you live yeah, up I, in that neighborhood, so you see the acts I on the billboard. The yeah, that that Queen cover act, man. They're like they're they might as well be the house that's band. The they're there so frequently. Yeah, a little Molly Hatchet mixed in every third <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, Get a Molly, that. Yep, Molly Hatchet. Let's yeah. go. Uh, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Friday football feast, 9 to noon, KFAN, has uh, learned your Minnesota Vikings are 1-3. and three. Uh, that, that does elicit a boo, so just go ahead. Uh, just boo the hell out of them. It's fine. Let it out here. They, they don't, they're not here to boo their team. Well, no, let it out here because uh, many of you, I would imagine, are on social media, and that has a little nameless, faceless to it. So here we got names and we got faces. Just, just let them have it. Go ahead. It's exercising football demons. Just boo right now, damn it, do it. There it is, and there go those demons. I got somebody behind me with my beard at age 55. He's like, are you trying to be Moses? And I'm like, well, that, I mean, that, that's, that's actually a compliment. But then I started thinking about traversing a vast desert known as the National Football League season or a 20-year announcing career 
and, and, and doing so, trying to get to Valhalla, which is Vikings heaven, and it would be the promised land to be part of a Minnesota Vikings team that actually wins a Super Bowl. But in Moses-like fashion, after you come down with the tablets with the commandments of how to win, and you're, and you're formulating the gridiron gospel, then all of a sudden you get to the Super Bowl, and the gridiron god doesn't let me in. And I just got to <laughs> watch it from the mountaintop, and then I die. So that's that's, wow, my, that's dark. Yeah, that, that, that took a very dark turn at the end. You started it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that, that's my existence wow. right now. We we um, we can't lose this one, right? No, I mean, no. It's co- copyright, a dear friend and former fan employee, Doogie. It's the Lions. I mean, there's been some slump buster to these Detroit Lions for the Minnesota Vikings. Not as much as I thought, but in 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 2020. We had lost five of seven games in rolls the slump buster. Ugly lights go on. Nobody cares. Come on in here. Here, kitty, kitty. We had lost five of seven. We beat them 34-20. Back in uh, 2015, we took that awful L to San Francisco to start the season against something called Jim Tomsula. He's using like four tight ends and just running in the most non-obvious Stefanski-like fashion I've ever seen in my life. And we lose. Yeah, and I had guaranteed a victory rolling into that game because <laughs> I knew the 49ers were really bad. Yeah. And they ended up, only ended up winning two, three games right? that year. They fired Jim Tomsula. But right? one of them came, came against our Vikings in yeah. the season open. So they beat us up, and we lost that game uh, week number two. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we come home, and lo and behold, there's the slump buster. The old he hey. kitty kitty, he kitty kitty kitty. And uh, we beat them by 10, and uh, we got going a little bit there. Uh, 2012, that that was such a tumultuous, topsy-turvy, weird season. Ponder couldn't get out of his own way. So then Musgrave, the offensive coordinator, is like, you know what? I don't care if if you cheat and go now Fahu Tahi on it and put 12 guys on the line of scrimmage. I'm running this creature who wears 28, and you ain't going to stop him. And week after week after week after week after week, they just ran Adrian right to the MVP award. Yeah. And Ponder, I ain't going to say he got hot, but he wasn't getting the team beat. So, like, I'll just never forget people having disdain for Christian Ponder in his second year because, quite honestly, at that stage, he wasn't very good. So then we start running and playing unbelievable defense in uh, in December. Everson Griffin had a touchdown. We had the win and in against the Packers. Yeah. We got the money in that game at Metrodome. Mm-hmm. And then and then Christian Ponder hurts his throwing arm, and Joe Webb becomes the quarterback uh, when we go to Lambeau round one. The worst. Well, yeah, but, I mean, then all of a sudden people were like, no, I miss Christian. Where's Christian? <laughs> yeah, suddenly we like <laughs> him a like lot more. begging yeah, for yeah, Christian, yes. Christian to play in that game, man. It's just... It's a, It's such an emotional, it can be such an emotional whirlwind, whether you're betting on it, whether you're playing fantasy football with a guillotineleague.com and at Paul Charchi and on Twitter, or you're just a fan and it's a diversion for you and you like going to the games because this one is the final of three consecutive at home. Yeah. And uh, you beat the chickens, you lose to the calm, and now you have the slump buster without its center, uh, Frank Ragnow, Chan Hassan go crazy. The left tackle, Panay Sewell, it was supposed to be the right tackle, but now he's the left tackle. He ain't practicing unless he yeah, did a little bit. Doesn't look yeah. like he's going to go. Yeah, they're, they're arguably their best pass rusher, Romeo Okora, is out for the season with an Achilles. Yep. You got to, <clears throat> Trey Flowers, the former Patriot, won those Super Bowls. He didn't play last week. He's practicing a little bit. And 
you know, they their 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 best corner, the one that they like the most, the, the Jeff high, Okuda. He can't he can't do he can never play. I mean, he oh. just he's injured Always every hurt. second of every day. He's out for the season again. So yes. this um yeah, this has to be a win. This will be a win. It will be a win. I mean, it's not so much a win that we're going to start like handicapping Christian McCaffrey and whether he plays this week or not, and and what do we think of them Carolina Kitties next week? This has to be a win. If this is not a win, I just can't stress, with no respect to anybody listening now, (laughs) management, fans, players, coaches, whomever, if you lose this game to this team at home in front of these fans, that is so freaking bad for business. Let's just boo it out of the system again right now. Do it, (laughs) damn it. Now it's gone. We can't lose. How about a raucous feast cheer right now because we can't lose against the Lions? Can we get a win? There we go. That's my man. Yeah, we can't lose, right? Uh, no, can't lose this game. Won't lose this game. In fact, I think it'll be a, a slaughter. It should be. The, the Lions feel ripe. They've managed to sort of quasi-hang-in games. Uh, they feel ripe to just get destroyed and I, I think i think the slaughter's coming i think this is going to be like 17 points at half and right and then we just coast on alexander madison yeah. maybe in the second half yep yeah it's just it, there's there's literally no you can't find a matchup on the field that points to the lions you know you used to be able to say well this was an offensive well, line the running could, backs catching it out of the backfield though that could be a little tricky vikings are great at defending that particular element they've given up we're one receiving touchdown to a running back in 26 games i mean that i'm, I'm telling there's just there's oh, yeah. just no part when i look analyze this game there's no part that matches up where the lions are better like an individual matchup yeah. a a group position matchup yeah I, if I don't. I don't know how the Vikings manu- could manufacture a loss in this. And the uh, Detroit Lions, probably their their hottest, best offensive player right now is Iowa tight end T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. And we give up no tight ends to we we give up zero touch. We've given up zero touchdowns to tight ends. I mean, we treat tight ends like we um we've given up zero <laughs> touchdowns to tight, tight ends. ends. Yeah. So, that's, so, I mean, that, that T.J. Is true. Hawkinson this butt like yeah. he's going to roll in here. Come on. Now, now you know and. It, Hawkinson will um, Hawkinson will get a lot of Eric Kendricks. Kendricks is a great coverage linebacker, and you know that's a winnable scenario for us. Or our safeties can pick him up and hang with him. So you know, there's this is a there just there aren't matchups here where the Lions should win. If, we, if the Vikings don't give away the game somehow, it reminds me a little bit. People are bringing up the Bills game a lot, Paul. That felt similarly like you can't find a way to lose. In that game, the Vikings gave that game away in the yeah. first quarter. Yeah. A bunch of turnovers. It would have to yeah. be something like that where yeah. you just give the game away. Yeah, like something called Matt Milano popping up out of nowhere and getting paid and, and, and Jared Goff jumping over Anthony Barr like <laughs> right. Josh you Allen that? did. Yeah. yeah, we were, I mean, the point spread with this game is ridiculous. I mean, we opened up seven and a half point favorites. That sucker's up to ten and a half. Is it? Yeah. I mean, they're just, people are betting the Vikings minus the point, like the points, like the game is over. It kind of is over. Now we'll see. Now, we said that about the Bills. That game, I think, was a 17 point spread. Yeah, like 16 and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, this isn't even close to that, but uh, it still feels equally one sided to me when you factor in these injuries to the offensive line because mm-hmm. that was the one place where the Lions were a still a strong team. They had a great offensive line, but you've taken the three best players off their offensive line and, yeah. and it, that's that is a mismatch for the Vikings.
This is your time to get emotional leader, the fan, and KFAN.com. Paul Charchian, Paul Allen, Jared Wells, Nordo at the 651 Carpet Studios, FM 100.3, KFAN. When I say get emotional, honestly, I just, uh, I, we are so excited to come to Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello every single year. And the first time we came up here, I'm like, okay, it's far away, that sucks. I don't want to talk about Joel Prisbillin. Nobody wants to hear about him up here. <laughs> With all due respect. Nice shot, Blocker. Uh, but, uh, but year after year, we come here, and there are just so many smiling faces and so much happiness. And uh, on behalf of the radio show, I just can't thank you guys enough. Thank you very much for coming out to Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello for the Friday football feast. Especially, Paul, for those who drove in. I mean, this is the location where people drive in from St. Cloud, mm-hmm. Fargo, outstate. Yeah. You know, they got, they're off the farm. They drove in sometimes mm-hmm. one, two, three hours. We yeah. appreciate that off very much. Off the farm. Yeah, a lot of times. Drove their combines yeah, in, Take right? the combine here. You bet. Uh, far- it's, a, it's a Friday farming feast on the fan. Round of applause for the farmers, ladies and gentlemen. You know, don't, please do it because you're going to bitch about artichoke prices being three times higher than they should be. And then you're going to uh, give a round of applause to farmers, and Mother Nature's going to come through, and it's all going to be copacetic. Uh, thank you very much for joining. More football conversation around the corner, courtesy of Timber Tech. And TimberTech.com, what's on deck 9 to noon, includes defensive game changer Chad Greenway. He'll be here at 10 o'clock. Uh, thanks to Grey Duck Spirits. We love ourselves in 5-2. And uh, main man Gabe Henderson from uh, the Vikings Entertainment Network. He'll be here at 11 at 10.40, former Minnesota Vikings center John Sullivan joins the radio show. Uh, our beloved Sully is making his first trip to Minnesota for a football game since he left. This is the Old Soul Cafe. This is the Friday Football Feast. Bless all of you. Thanks for coming out. Nine to noon. Listen to the fan. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by our friends at Quick Trip. Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello. Anybody want a hat? We got hats to throw into the crowd. I know that uh, people like free stuff. Go right over there, man. Hey, take this uh, take this stocking cap because winter is coming, and you know that uh, you're going to be a little chilly. Uh, there was a football game last night. The L.A. Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks. I left that game. Um, during it, I was perplexed um, for uh, taking me back to the day where 
when Geno Smith, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, came into the game, yeah. it took me to a spot with, um, with, with longtime friend Paul Charchian where I knew something Geno Smith did bugged him when he was with the Jets and like really got underneath his skin. Uh, but I couldn't remember what it was. And then the Rams win, and the lasting impression for me was Cooper Cup, though. I mean, seriously, a third-round... I mean, you talk about Adam Thielen here would be maybe the greatest case example going in the NFL right now, undrafted, had to try out just to get into rookie camp. Yeah, a couple years on special teams. Yeah, we, we yep. know the whole story. Yep. 14 TDs last year, runs top five, top six route yep. in the NFL. He's just so good at what he does. Well, I mean, Cooper Cup was taken in the third round of 2017 from, um, uh, from Eastern Washington. All right, this wide receiver, Cooper Cup, he had zero scholarship offers. He had to Jeez. walk on to an FCS school just to get the opportunity. And, you know... Do you now, remember which school he went to? Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Right. And, and he, did he stay at Eastern Washington? Or whole did he, time. He, the whole time. Whole time. Wow. And the Rams were bold enough to take a wide receiver from Eastern Washington yeah. in the third round when a lot of a lot right. of teams probably just said, Eastern Washington, you're off the board. Right. We're not doing day two. Well, I mean, you I, you can look back at round one, 2017, mm. and, and for my taste, including the L.A. Chargers guy, I would take Cooper Cup over all three wide receivers that went in the first round. Who were uh, they? Do you remember? Corey Davis. Yep, played for sure. For, played for P.J. Yep. Um, and uh, then went to Tennessee. Mike Williams, okay, he was a very... Emerging now, but... Right, very high pick, but, um, you know, it's Cooper Cup's had a better career, in my opinion. Oh, it's not close. I'd rather have him him on my team than than Williams and and John Ross, and that's just a disaster. Not even even in the conversation. Cooper Cup in the conversation Mm -hmm. for MVP at wide receiver. I mean, you know, that's the level of domination that he's had through now five games. And I don't know how closely you were watching the game last night. Pretty closely. Okay, do you remember the little breakdown Aikman did with with what Cooper Cup does, where people go, and who comes open? It was just fascinating where here he is slot left. Look at this. Look at this guy. Mm -hmm. And here's Robert Woods. Here he is wide left going here, going there. And uh, here's Deshaun Jackson. So yeah. it was just a wonderful, wonderful piece of analysis that was non-obvious. Quite honestly, I'd never seen an analyst do it on TV. And and what happens, the attention he commands and how it opens things for everybody else. And I just, um, you know, two picks ahead of him in round three, Alvin Kamara was taken. So, I mean, now you look back, 2017, Dalvin... Is dra- they trade up to get Dalvin in the second round. Yeah. Early third, Camara from yeah. Tennessee. He's like the first or second pick of the third round. Two behind him, Cooper Cup. I mean, it, the, the inexact science, obviously, of a National Football League draft, specifically when it's such an emotional, violent game, and, and things can come out of people that are not tangible on collegiate film. Yeah. It, I just occasionally enjoy sinkhole speculating going back through drafts. And saying like, oh, fifth round, oh, sixth round, you know, and just seeing how people, they were drafted, but they're still behind it a little bit because of where they were drafted. They work through it, they push through it, and they become stars. I think that's fascinating. Um, I know you're not looking for this, but I'm going to remind people that, you know, you and I talk about the draft a lot. February, March, April are a lot of draft-heavy Fridays. You identified Cooper Cup in that draft. 
before the Rams even took him, you Must were talking about him. I had steam. You did. Well, you I didn't had, watch one Eastern Washington game, so well, I had to have steam, and you, it was elite. You did. You had steam. And I, at the time, I'm like, who? Where did he play? Yeah. I don't, you know, I barely knew that guy. You put him on my radar. You identified him as a player. Rams moved on it, and now look where he is. He's one of the most unguardable, slippery slot yeah. receivers in the league. Now, the beard is a whole other conversation. I mean... He has a beard? He's got the nappiest beard in town. Ooh. And it's, you know, if you're going to have the beard, I think you need to do a little yeah. manicuring. You know, yeah. you know, I shape that thing up a little bit. It's, it, that thing, it, it's, a, it's like, it's a jungle down there. Gino's... <laughs> he's, keeping, he's keeping a pet tarantula in that thing. Uh, Gino Smith, though, came into the game, and I was going to text you because I wouldn't do this on Twitter. I would come right to you just jokingly. Yeah. Uh, because Geno Smith came in. He was freaking on fire. Oh, my God. They're, they moved down the field and got a touchdown. What do you think of Geno Smith now, <laughs> smart-ass Charchi Charchi? He looked good for two drives. And then, by the way, Tyler Lockett slipped on the interception Okay, it uh, to, to end the game. It was an awful was, pass. Bad, Whether bad, he, right. Lockett stays up, he's six four, or or he's five eleven, or he slips or doesn't. I right. mean, it was a terrible pass. Uh, Manute Bowl was not coming down uh, with that pass, yeah. Paul. Yeah, like Geno Smith when he was making plays last night, he just stood there. You know, he went back five or seven step drop, bang, bang, yep. bang. Yeah, not not a lot of improvised. So now, hey. I got a chance to go down here and get a touchdown. I think I'm going to roll out a little bit for the first time in eight years. <laughs> ah, hey, ah, ooh, hips a little achy. Ah, hey, and that thing just sailed, and that was your dagger. Yeah, Geno Smith was. Um, it's not his fault. He was drafted where he was, which yeah. was, I think, the first pick of the second round by the Jets. When like 31 other teams knew that he couldn't pass. But, you know, the Jets being the Jets, they sunk high equity in him. They tried to start him and make him into something he wasn't. And, yeah. you know, that wasn't his fault. But, you know, it, shock, I think most, most 90, 90, 95% of viewers last night were shocked to learn Geno <laughs> Smith is in the league. Yeah, I'm like, who backs him up? Seneca Wallace? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Paul Tarchi and Paul Allen feasting on the fan. Next, one-hit wonders and a fantasy football segment. Then Chad Greenway, thanks to Grey Duck Spirits at 10 o'clock. Buffalo Wild Wings, Monticello, the destination for feast number four, and we're feasting at KFAN. Time now for the Vikings report on the fan, presented by Pilot Games. Vikings assistant coach Paul Gunther joins PA after this from Pilot Games. All right, Paulie, a couple of days from now, uh, the Detroit Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium, noon for the boom. Uh, what, uh, what challenge do the Detroit Lions pose? Well, they play really hard. Uh, you know, they, they're running the ball really good, and golf's playing at a high level. So uh, it's a division game. It's a big time. You know, it's our first division game of the year. Uh, we got we got to get we got to get started off right. But good team coming in. Um, we just got to play our brand and then play complimentary football. Their center, Frank Ragnow, is from Chanhassen, Minnesota. All pro last year. Seventy-seven, Frank Ragnow. What makes him tough? Very good. When I was uh, with the Raiders, we had a chance to practice against the Lions for two days, and I watched this guy, a tough guy, very good with his hands, good in the running game, um, and, and he's a very good pass protector. I remember watching him in uh, Arkansas, a uh, really good player, and is the really cog for their line. With Eric Kendricks through four games, Paul, what, uh, what do you like about Eric Kendricks' game? 
he's got a very good feel for both the run and the pass. I mean, he can get sideline to sideline in a run, and I think one. I think he's the best uh, coverage Mike linebacker there is in the league. He he feels play actions, gets back in zones, uh, understands route concepts. He's just a he's just a really good, smart football player that has great instinct. Lastly, for the week, Mr. Paul Gunther, uh, what are some defensive keys? To winning in a couple of days against these Lions, I think we got it. We got to stop the run, get them in uh, third and longer situations, so we can let our rushers eat a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, not allow any explosive plays uh, that are going to switch switch the field position. As you know, uh, field position is such such a critical thing. I think we got to win the field position battle, both on defense and special teams. Get the money Sunday, Mister Gunther. Good luck to you. All right, BKFAN. Buffalo Wild Wings, Monticello. Beautiful people here today with a big crowd, per usual. At Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings, Monticello, love all y'all. Uh, we uh, we have a fantasy bent to the nine to noon radio show when we are feasting with Paul Charchian from uh, GuillotineLeague.com. And um, at at this stage of the show, if you need to dig deeply and excavate and or unearth something. Uh, for just one week to beat one rube and find one player to take advantage of one scenario, uh, we offer up this. Add a guy to your roster who can't be beat. Sniffing out jams like a dog in heat. Charges a hawk on the waiver wire. He only picks bikes, maybe take a flyer. They're one-hit wonders. They're one-hit wonders. Hey, how about a round of applause for Matt Producer for that nice work on that one-hit wonder bit right there, man? I, I don't know how a dog nice. sniffs out jams. I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't know what that well, means. Well, we, we got, is uh, it like, uh, like strawberry we, we jam? Have, is the it? flight attendant brought my dog, Teddy. Uh, this King Charles Cavalier here. Now everybody's like, hey, how come uh, I can't bring... Well, this is a certified therapy dog, okay? And Vikings fans need therapy. So <laughs> we, they need consulting. I mean, consulting. Uh, so we yes. figured we'd bring Teddy Bivey. So why don't you put some jam in your butt and see, hey, if, and see, if, hey. Ted, see if Teddy sniffs no, it? No, no, well, no, no. Well, that's the question you that, just asked. Why'd you have to go there? Because you asked the question. I don't know how whatever... I, I don't know. Dog sniffing jam does not have anything to do with my butt. <laughs> Uh, but you know what does have a lot to do with um, being a pain in the butt is when you lose in fantasy football. Correct. And um, and and one hit wonders can help get you over the hump. Let's uh, let's begin with Nordos. Mad producer has a, a one hit wonder. Uh, what you got over there, big boy? Damian Williams to the left of his quarterback field yeah. on the hand up. Here is Williams banging down. And he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Right up the middle between the hash marks. Williams in from four yards. And the Bears extend their lead with another opening drive, this time in the second half. 20 to nothing over the Lions. Williams' first rushing touchdown as a Bear. WBBM News Radio 105.9 Chicago. Damian Williams might end up being a multi-week feature. We'll see. Raiders are bottom third in yards allowed. 
29th in the NFL per carry. They allow 4.9 yards per run. They've also given up six rushing touchdowns this season and at least one per game. And now with uh, Damian Williams, running back Chicago Bears, taking over for the injured David Montgomery, Justin Fields starting. I feel like Damian Williams is going to be a guy that needs to take and provide some stability to that offense with Fields finding his feet. And so Damian Williams, if you need him, you got him against those Raiders this weekend. Polly Wally, give us a little analysis of said pick. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly support this pick, and Damian Williams is a good player, and he can step into stylistically very similar to David Montgomery. Steps right into that offense, oh, the same thing, two times faster. I mean, he's Damian Williams is the cat against the Vikings who went from oh, 91. I, I remember that play yeah. because that was the backbreaker against <laughs> our Vikings. Yeah, and that was the play where Mackenzie Alexander had a 20-yard lead on Tyreek Hill, and Cheetah Guy came and got him inside the final 10. Oh. He was so fast. Uh, Damian Williams is hes so much faster than David Montgomery. Uh, he can catch. He can run inside. I, I like this kid a lot, and you'll remember Damian Williams, Paul, when when Kansas City won the Super Bowl two years ago, his playoff run and his Super Bowl, he should have been Super Bowl MVP. And we're oh, outstanding yeah. for him. Last year he was away with COVID. It's a great matchup for him, and he's going to get the vast majority of the work for Chicago. Uh, now let's head over to the – let's skate on over to the one-hit NHL desk, and Paul Charchian's one-hit wonder this week is this guy. Drops back, has time, flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his right. At the 25-yard line. Puts one down the right side into the end zone. It's underthrown. Corey Davis, he scoops it up for a touchdown. Zach Wilson underthrew it, but Corey Davis was there to help him out with a scoop catch in the end zone. Wilson's got his first career NFL touchdown pass to Corey Davis. Man, why is this Vox hating on Zach Wilson's underthrown ball? 98.7 ESPN Jets Radio Network. Uh, Zach Wilson looks like he may have turned the corner last week with a fantastic game and probably keeps that momentum going against the Falcons. It's a team that has yielded monster games to three of four opposing quarterbacks this year, including the modest passing abilities of Taylor Heineke last week. His, uh, he's got his receivers back. Uh, Jamison Crowder has returned, and he's got a positive matchup. Corey Davis has been solid really most of the season, and he's got a good matchup against coverage liability Fabian Moreau. I like Zach Wilson to keep the momentum going. Paul, he's my one-hit wonder this week. And uh, my one-hit wonder is this guy. Steps up in the pocket. He throws it a left flat, and it is a catch, a contested grab for Mo Ali Cox. He just wanted it more in the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Mo Ali Cox, his second receiving score of the game. That's the fan in 97.1 Hank FM, Colts Radio. I promise I am not box score chasing with somebody who had two touchdowns last game. And I also promise that I am not so emotionally damaged from what Mo Alley Cox did to the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings week two last year, yeah. like the biggest game of his life. Nah, this is, this is a non-obvious picking on the Baltimore Ravens, okay? The Baltimore Ravens, uh, Mo Alley Cox is the tight end, by the way. Uh, 
the Ravens have allowed the most tight end receptions of any team in the NFL. That is true. The second most tight end touchdowns behind Kansas City. That is true. They also are allowing 11 and one-half tight end targets per game. That's happening against them during the course of games. Their yardage total against tight ends, it's, I don't know what's happening, and quite honestly, I don't care. I'm just trying to get out of the segment alive and give you a one-hit wonder. Uh, but tight ends are gashing uh, the Baltimore Ravens, so I'm going to go with Mo Alley-Cox as we skate on over to a place called Lonely Downs. The, the Lonely 11, which never came to fruition, involves... The track announcer at Lonely Down set to call the Skull Stakes back at the 651 Carpet Studios. His name is Eric Nordquist, and he's here to preview the Skull Stakes. How are, how are you, Nordo? Uh, I'm fantastic, guys. Oh, I like it. Yeah! We are a quarter of the way <laughs> through this race at Canterbury. We are entering the barn side, gentlemen, and the back stretch. And we see some early speed here among our favorite members of the Minnesota Vikings, but some of these guys have some work to do. So I am going to offer you some names, some bits with our favorite team as a one and three operation nearing the quarter mark of this race of the 2021 season. You guys analyze what you're seeing as these thoroughbreds make their way around the track. And we shall start with Ole Udo. He hasn't been penalized since the Cincy game. A lot of praise in some spots. He's struggled at times. Your thoughts on Ole Udo at right guard? Uh, from a run-blocking standpoint, when mm-hmm. I watched up back, when, when, he, when he gets his hands on you and starts mashing, uh, it looks very, very good. Uh, he had 25 yards and penalties in that Cincy game, as a mad producer mentioned. Uh, but overall, I don't really see many spots when I watch games back where Ole Udo's getting anybody beat. Um, mostly not a liability. Bad game last week. The whole offensive line had a bad game last week. A dominating game against Seattle. And yeah. as a run blocker, there's some real promise about his future. And Ole Udo, I mean, you know, in June, we weren't talking about Ole Udo being a, a, being a force at guard. But Same. he has splashed with some really good games. And if he can just get the consistency down, so two good games, two bad games, you know, that that might be the, our future at guard, and it might it might just turn out to be that he's the right guy for the job going forward. And it, it um, also no longer, I mean, it, it's when when you talk Ole Udo, first thing where your mind should go, with all due respect to the Vikings, is to the Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis. I mean, he was Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. That was supposed to be his job. He got beat for the job. That's it. And and it's Ole Udo is better than Wyatt Davis right now. And he may be the rest of his career. So that's where it is. Hopefully Wyatt develops better than, than things are going now, at least uh, in my opinion. So then maybe you start fortifying some depth as we uh, enter the far turn, three-eighths to go in the skull stakes, and your track announcer is not Trevor Denman or Tom Durkin or Marshall Cassidy. It's mad producer. Now I'm sitting here with my exacta box, and I put an underdog in this race at 20 to 1, and that's the special teams unit with Ryan Ficken from the punting with Jordan Berry, missed field goal kick, but everything else with, uh, with Greg Joseph, and just coverage and trying to make a bad unit good again. Ryan Ficken in the special teams as an underdog, uh, they're off to a quick start. I love that we have a punter at, who, who both can and is allowed to bombs away punt. And sometimes you need to be able to flip the field position. Yeah. And in those moments, I know I love that we have a guy who can do that. 
Now, you know, every time you kick it, there is out kicking your coverage is a real thing. I mean, it can happen, but you know, when you're in a spot where you don't want to give up a short field, I I say bombs away, let's do it. And this Barry kid has got the leg to do it, and we finally have got a coach who's willing to let him do it. And I love it. I I say let's try let's try to change field position with our punter and and just not not much to add here uh, because the, the it's if things are going well with the viking special teams i mean dd westbrook had a 13 yard punt return okay well the longest last year was 11 or 12 yeah. the entire season Oof. but there still is a cliched fly in this proverbial ointment okay we, we don't have a punt return touchdown since 2016 at home against Houston main man Marcus. And we don't have a kick return touchdown since Cordero Patterson 2016, House of Pain against the Arizona Cardinals. Right. So those two things, uh, they'd be nice to get one of those eventually. Ryan came into a very difficult situation with a lot of new players. Yeah. And things are stabilized. Things have become stabilized. You don't have embarrassing missed tackles and, and guys running on the field late. Hey, we, we got too few, guy, too few men out there. No. So Ryan's done a really good job. I'm super happy for him. Now, race number three at Lonely Downs, located in, in Altoona, Iowa. Uh, we welcome everybody to the Skull Stakes as they head onto the track for this rich, rich stakes race. Your track announcer. He is not Larry Colmus. He's not Marshall Cassidy. He's not Frank Miramati. <laughs> He's mad producer. I got one more for you here, and this one frustrates me. It's only a quarter of the way into the race. I'm already trying to tear up my ticket. My pockets are turned out. I can't look my wife in the eyes. And I'm talking about defensive ends not named Daniil Hunter or Everson Griffin at this point. DJ Wanham and Steven Weatherly have combined for 14 tackles. No quarterback hits, no sacks. Everson Griffin was supposed to supplement the pass rush, not feature in it the way that he has. And I'm really worried about uh, defensive ends not named Daniil or Everson at this stage. I'm not going to say that I'm worried because, well, yeah, you, you added Everson in it. But see, Everson's just catching stride. I mean, he's just starting to do spin moves where they're, they're starting to look fluid as they did here when, when he was really atop his game. Um, and, you know, I just I think he's running himself into shape. I, I'm not going to say concerned because I think it's too early to look at Wanham second year. Yeah. Weatherly, he's back in the mix. Con concern, depending on what you're looking for and the limited amount of play Stephen is playing. I think that is a fair way to analyze Stephen. Uh, because, you know, he would give you a few sacks here and be a nice complimentary guy. He went to Carolina, and the steam was missed Andre, missed the scheme. Yep. It just, it, 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 with him and McKenzie, and I said this to Mad Producer on the radio when we were chatting up to the season, is, you know, there, there, there has to be some I in this, and it's not all vibe. It's not, you know, Cincinnati, Carolina, it's not all your scheme. Didn't mess with the coach. It's bad beaten life, complete martyrdom. There had to be some on them. Well, McKenzie's completely proving me wrong right now. Mackenzie Alexander has never played better than he's playing right now. Uh, he's the best cornerback on the team right now. He is. Weatherly, though, I just, I just am not seeing well, anything, you know? Weatherly's just, he's, uh, from a football standpoint, I, I love him as human being standpoint. He's yeah, maybe yeah. my favorite Viking. Yeah, this is not um, the personal you know, is business right. that the skull stakes. As a player, Stephen Weatherly is 
just a guy. And, you know, he is a, he is a warm body who can, uh, if you need him to sub in for 10 plays a game, he can yeah. do that. that. That's all we should be asking from our well, fourth defensive end. Right. That's, you know, that's fine. Yeah. That's all, that's all he brings, and that's all we need him to bring. Is that a, but is, I don't believe that to be fair analysis for the team, not him. Because you're, I don't care if it's veterans minimum or not, you're active on a National Football League stage every single week. And with whatever time you get, something has to happen occasionally where it's tangible and you watch it and you go, hey, there it is, tackle for loss yeah. or whatever, you know? You know, Wanham is... DJ's what, younger he's, than Steve. He's, well, a lot younger, and I think he's got more upside if we can develop Wanham. Yeah. I'd like to have him get more looks than um, than Stephen Weatherly. We know what Weatherly's going to bring. Oh, wanham has yeah. got the upside. He should get more reps, more plays. And I want him, I feel like I want him to splash a little bit more. And he's done it Big from time. time to time. And I, I, I'd like to see that continue. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the uh, great tacklers and defensive players in the history of Vikings football is back there. 5-2, give me a wave right now. Hey, Chad, give us a wave, big boy. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Chad Greenway has arrived at this uh, wonderful Buffalo Wild Wings Monticello. And uh, we will talk out some football and stuff with 5-2. Uh, with Chad Greenway, courtesy of Grey Duck Spirits, when 9 to noon continues on Kate. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.